You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, this is Shovik and welcome to the Mint Techsetra podcast. I cover technology for Mint where we try to make boring tech sound cool for you and hope that we don't end up making cool tech sound boring. Tune in as we decode the latest from the world of technology in India and around the world every week. By the time you'll be hearing this, it is likely that we would have already landed on the moon. Now, this is an achievement not just because of how difficult it is to reach the moon, but for a wide number of reasons. Starting with the fact that back in 2019, when we did attempt to make the same landing, we ended up crashing into the lunar surface. But there is nothing to be ashamed of in an attempt to land on the moon. After all, there's a reason why there is a saying that if you shoot for the stars, you'll end up landing on the moon. India, on the 23rd of August, made history by becoming the fourth nation in the world to land on the moon. The first being the United States, followed by Russia and then China. Now, the reason why this is such a big deal is because of multiple implications that moon landing has in terms of global geopolitical conditions. The first being that India right now is at the forefront of the latest generation's space race. Space race has been a term that became popular when the race between the United States and Russia intensified in being able to put a man on the moon. This, of course, became a historic moment when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon with his famous saying, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. While we've all grown up listening to this very famous line, we now stand witness to another piece of history where India has managed to land its own lander on the lunar surface. Not just on the lunar surface, in fact, we've managed to do what no other nation had so far done, which is to land at the south pole of the moon. Now, why is this South Pole such a big deal? After all, if you land on the moon, that is a big deal in itself. But the answer here lies in the overall intricacies. You see, the lunar South Pole has become a matter of interest because over the past decades of space research, mankind has managed to determine that the moon indeed has or had at one point water supplies and reserves. But where is this water reserve now? Scientists and experts believe that these water deposits lie at the frigid corners or the most cold corners of the moon and the South Pole, which is full of craters that have not seen sunlight or heat for years, is the most likely candidate for where frozen water deposits might be present. But why is frozen water deposits on the moon so important? The short answer is, well, at one point of time in the future, mankind would want to set up a base on the lunar surface and be able to live there for a longer duration instead of just stepping foot through robotic landers. But for mankind to be able to sustain itself on a surface away from Earth, it's not really an easy feat. You see, space research works in such a way that once you leave the Earth, The amount of stuff you can carry is precisely calculated and limited because for every ounce that you add on to the overall payload 
or the overall load that you carry out of the earth, the complications, the cost and everything else associated with a mission increases. This difficulty gets compounded when you add humans into the equation and gets even more compounded when you talk about sustaining humans on a space body for a longer period of time. And this is exactly where water deposits come in. If mankind was to successfully discover and utilize moon's water deposits, this would mean that this particular reservoir could offer humans an already present way to create means that could help them sustain themselves on the moon's surface. This water deposit can come of use in many ways. For instance, it can be filtered for drinking purposes and it can also be used to cool the systems that would sustain a lunar hub some point in the near future. It can also be used in other ways such as using chemical procedures to extract hydrogen from water which can then be used to fuel explorations and other devices on the lunar surface. This chemical process can also generate oxygen which can help humans breathe inside a lunar hub and as a result, having a base of water on the moon is that much crucial. Now, humankind has managed to successfully determine that the moon does have water somewhere. But where is it exactly? That's exactly why landing on the South Pole is also important, not just for India, but the entire world. And by being able to land on the South Pole, India became the first nation around the world to be able to do so. With this landing on the moon, India now has a rover that is on the moon's surface, collecting crucial bits of information and scientific evidence that can help mankind, not just in India but around the world, research on where this water table on the moon is and how can we make the most of it. But this also has greater implications back on Earth for the present space race. You see, around the world, it is safe to say that the United States enjoys the largest share of attention as well as funding and business when it comes to space missions. Case in point, SpaceX, which is a private space company run by Elon Musk, executes the largest volume and the largest frequency of satellite launches around the world. Now, this has succeeded because decades ago, United States, through its central space agency, NASA, managed to privatize its space operations. This space operations ended up creating companies such as Boeing, Lockheed Martin and now SpaceX, which offers a wide range of services and products to the global space economy. India, meanwhile, has so far largely been focused around ISRO or the Indian Space Research Organization, which is one of the world's most prominent space research bodies. But ESO has largely been focused on research activities, which has led to the creation of this particular mission, that is Chandrayaan, as well as rockets such as the workhorse PSLV and the heavy satellite launcher GSLV as well. While ESO has created pioneering space research, including the discovery of water on Earth through a NASA instrument on board India's very own Chandrayaan, Right now, India is looking to commercialize and privatize its space activities as well. But privatization also means that companies which spend often millions of dollars in creating satellites and other products that they want to be deployed in orbit would want reliable launch providers to help them operate their space-related activities. 
and the United States with the largest amount of commercial success behind them and as well as Europe to a certain extent have taken up the largest share of commercial space activities so far. But India has joined this space race much later than the United States and to an extent European countries. As a result, India at this moment is looking to build trust and confidence among companies and bodies around the world that it is in fact a mature space economy and its products and research activities are in fact at the very global cutting edge. The Chandrayaan-3 space landing and its subsequent research activities will go a long way in instilling confidence among global space economy stakeholders to take India and both its research as well as commercial activities with a greater deal of confidence. Once this confidence builds, India will also look to gather a larger amount of global funding in order to carry on its space activities. This funding will be crucial for private companies in the long run to be able to develop its products and take on global counterparts. And this is going to be crucial because while ISRO and its commercial division which is also backed by the center that is New Space India Limited or NSIL happen to already be established names in the space economy India's private companies are right now striving hard to create products that can also be looked at with an equal amount of trust and confidence case in point in November last year privately owned space company Skyroot conducted the first ever private rocket launch from the ISRO launch pad while a second company Agnikol Cosmos is gearing up to do this by placing its rocket in one of the ISRO launch pads as we speak other companies such as Pixel has managed to start getting commercial clients from around the world for its satellite data service while the likes of Digantara are also operating to offer white label space services in order to gain clients globally in such a market gaining such a confidence and being able to be at the forefront of global space achievements could be crucial for india to hit a milestone where global investors and companies alike look at the indian market with increasing seriousness it is this that the center as well as private stakeholders believe could be key in unlocking the next chapter of india's space ambitions and at the center piece is of course the emotional story of chandrayaan In 2019 when Chandrayaan 2's Vikram lander failed to make a successful landing India was at that point looking up hopefully and optimistically to create history but that was not to be and the final eventual historic date got pushed 4 years back to 2023 however right now we have managed to create such a milestone and with such a milestone comes the prestige of being one of the world's forefront space economies right now who is capable of not just research but pioneering discoveries that can lead to momentous landmarks in the history of humankind all of this combined makes for the momentous amount of responsibility that lay on chandrayaan 3's shoulders and isro happens to have delivered it with aplomb At this point of time this moment in history belongs to India's space research organization and the Chandrayaan 3 mission for having created history the discoveries that will follow it are something that we'll find in the weeks and months and years to come that's it for this week see you next time So that's that for this episode. We really hope that you enjoyed what we discussed and if you have suggestions in terms of what more we can cover as part of our podcast, do let us know. 
You can catch me at Distant Vicinity on Twitter and at Shavik Das on Instagram. Thank you so much. See you next time. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Listener.